Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. I'm here with uh, coach and leadership consultant and all-around good guy, John Opolowski. My name is Jim Wiegand. And uh, in our last episode, John, we were talking about alignment, the importance of alignment. We hit on a few things. Uh, let's just get right back to it. Uh, I, I think one of the most meaningful things we've been able to do on this podcast, we, we're, we're in the process of doing, so I don't want to take any more time. We talked about the... Uh, you know, the, the medical part of it, the psychological part of it, the spiritual part of it. Keep going. What, what other things need to be functioning in agreement and alignment with other things in order to lead well? So, Jim, we're going to talk about uh, four additional components to alignment today. The, the fourth one is physical. Uh, we talked about spiritual uh, medical and psychological mm-hmm. alignment last in our, in our last episode. Here's the fourth one. You know, leadership, I found leadership can be sedentary. Right, uh, especially pastoral leadership, the hours are weird, and uh, and you can f- find yourself sitting a lot and yeah. not and not doing a lot of uh, physical and eating, eating and a, lot. Eating yeah, a I'll lot. Meet you at the restaurant to have a meeting. I meet you at the coffee shop to have a meeting. Yeah. Exactly. So we encourage leaders to get their bodies moving um, because exercise brings psychological benefit. It brings physiological benefit, mm-hmm. and the good news is you don't have to be a, bo- a bodybuilder to benefit from exercise. We just need to put our bodies in, in motion. Right. So exercise helps us get fit. It releases feel-good chemicals in our brain. Right. Um, it lifts our mood. And, and, and some uh, recent research is, is indicating that exercise may actually actually create new brain cells. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I could always use more of. You yeah. know, I, yeah, and that's funny because I, I, you know, used to run quite a bit. And I, the saying that my wife and I had because we had run together is that we, we started 100 runs uh, with a problem. We've never finished a run with the same problem. Right. It, it's just they get smaller as endorphins kick in, as you breathe fresh air, as there's sunshine or rain or wind or snow even. I mean, just by by exerting your your body, you are purging your soul. On some, I can't explain it. I imagine yeah. there's medical reasons and you know, spiritual reasons, but I, I think one of the greatest things you can do with a problem is take it for a walk, you know, right. take it for a run, take it to the gym. I think some pastors have taken the Apostle Paul's thought of, of physical training as of some value yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and interpret that as it's of no value. Yeah. <laughs> but Paul said it is of some value. So yeah, the physical side of it is, is really an important part of personal alignment. Yeah. I, I agree, and that, you know, back to that creating new brain cells. Uh, I mean, that's that's speaking of function. Like your yeah. your functionality physiologically changes right with vigorous exercise. What kind of exercise do you do? What's what's your what's your routine? I hit the gym four days a week, okay. and so I do uh, probably thirty minutes on the weights and fifteen minutes of cardio four times a week at Planet Fitness. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, this podcast brought to you by Planet. Yeah, Fitness. there we go. <laughs> Only ten dollars a month. You two can be John Blusey. <laughs> so yeah, f- uh, four times a week, and then uh, Laura and I like to go out for walks uh, when yeah. the weather's warm, and yeah. so we add that to the to the physical part of our uh, our rhythm. So your clients uh, you have all the things you're gonna say. You need to you know be in the word and see a doctor and all. That. I mean, but is is this the one they have, you have the most pushback from those that are sedentary? Yeah, or like I think I so. I, I, I actually I would, think that's yeah. right because I don't have time and I don't have the want to and my knee hurts and I'm too busy and I'm right. right. They don't see the value in it. 
uh, yeah. right away. So until you, you do it, yeah, that's right. It's like budgeting, isn't it? You don't see the value of it until you actually have excess money at the end of the month. That's then, right. you, then you realize the discipline was worth it. Yep. <laughs> Great. What else you got for us? So component five is a, our schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jim, when we do work, what we do with our work pace is it, it impacts our alignment significantly. Right. So way too often, I think you know this uh, from personal experience, leaders who are passionate about what they are doing throw caution to the wind right. in terms of their schedule. And before long, they get misaligned from a calendar perspective. Uh, right. you know, and when you do that, several things happen. Work uh, becomes more difficult. Fatigue sets in. Uh, you find yourself not enjoying your calling as yeah. much as you used to. And, uh, and so figuring out and implementing a sustainable schedule helps keep you aligned and energetic and, and healthy. Um, I say this quite a bit. If you're a leader, God hasn't called you to a sprint. Right. He's called you to a marathon. And marathoners run at a different pace right. than sprinters. Right. Um, they have to. Yeah. You couldn't otherwise. You know, Usain Bolt. He set a world speed record. I, I did a little research. Yeah. He, he, uh, he was running the 100-meter sprint in the 2009 World Championships, and he set a world speed record of 27.8 miles per hour. <sighs> Dennis Komodo uh, set the world record for the marathon in 2013. So, Jim, what do you think his average pace was? Uh, I, I mean, the goal is a two-hour marathon, so just just under 13 miles an hour, 12 and a half miles an hour. Yeah, 13 miles an hour. Yeah. So it was less than half yeah. of uh, Usain Bolt's yeah. pace. So marathoners run at a different pace than sprinters, and, and if you're always sprinting, you're not going to finish the marathon God's called you to. Right. Do you find that with your clients? They sprint, and then they get exhausted, and they sprint, and they get exhausted, and they... That's just the rhythm of their life is all or nothing, all or nothing. Yes. And, and, man, that's got to be hard on a marriage. That's got to be hard on kids. That's got to be hard on your congregation. You know, which, which pastor is leading us today? The one that's sprinting that we all have to try to keep up with or the one that is taking the three-month sabbatical for the third time this year? Right. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I think one of the great books that came out dealing with this was the, the book Simple Church. I, I, I think some people embraced it. Some people didn't. But the question was really valid. We're, we're going and going and going and going, and that got 18 programs and 14 classrooms and 37 budgets. And just right. you know, what are we here to do? Was it was such a refreshing question rather than what's one more program that can reach one more person? But it takes 10 people to run the program. It's yeah. I, I think congregations want the consistency of their leader. I, I think they set the pace for themselves. But also, is there an outreach every week? If there is. Then we don't have Sunday school. You know, right. Sunday school every week. If so, then maybe we don't have outreach. I mean, there's got to be a balance for this long race. What's what's the number one thing when you say slow down or pace yourself better to your clients? What what's the pushback? What do they commonly come back and say? I would, but I would, but I have way too much to do. <laughs> I would be I would, but I'm behind. Um, yeah. I would, but people expect me. Mm. To be available that one to them. just hurt when you said that. Like, it, yeah. uh, you got a guy that's dying and you're trying to get him healthy. I would, but the people are expecting me. Right. What's that process look like, John, when they go to their people and say, listen, my, my pace, has this happened? My pace is unsustainable. They go to the congregation, the board, and say, I'm going to be changing the way I live. Yeah. What's, what's the reaction of the board and the people? Depends on the board. Okay. You know, uh, when I had that conversation with my board 26 years ago, um, they were very understanding, uh, very uh, uh, helpful in all of that, very supportive. Some boards, uh, not so much. 
And uh, so then we have to go to a different uh, a different level at the, at that church. I usually get involved at that point yeah. with the board. A third voice. And just kind of lay things out for them and say, look, this is where this is going. Right. Uh, I've seen this movie many, many times before, and you guys have a choice. Right. You either you either can keep allow you can either allow this guy to continue to run like this, and he won't be here very much longer. Yeah. But if you really love him and you and you think that God's called him here, let's look at a better way to help him. Now that being said, Jim, it, it's up to that pastor really hmm. to make the the decision. I mean, we talk about when a, when a pastor's depressed, we talk about three things with them. We talk about ownership, mm-hmm. we talk about network. And we talk about rhythms. We're going to talk about rhythms here in just a minute. Yeah. But but ownership is this: you own your your emotional health. Right. You're you're totally responsible for that. Your wife's not responsible for that. Your board's not responsible for that. Your church is not responsible for that. Your kids, for heaven's sake, aren't responsible right. Right. for that. You own that. And so that's really where that conversation ends up is trying to help them understand that uh, they own their emotional health. Right. And and when that happens, now you come in, you talk to the board, now, now what percentage of this turns out a happy ending versus uh, a, a tragic one? It's better. It's better. Oh, yeah. The, 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 uh, the uh, number of guys that actually start getting better yeah. increases because now they've got, you know, we talked about the second piece being network. Yeah. Right. You need a network around you to, to be healthy, and your board is part of your network uh, as a leader. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we see better results when we get the board involved. Yeah. It's funny because I, I think the board members are chosen usually from the congregation because they're they're familiar faces, they're respected in positions where they've served, whether it's a greeter at the door that smiles every day, or if it's uh, you know a, 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 an integral part of of ministry that people see over and over and over again. But, but the one thing they don't have is none of them are pastors normally. That's right. So they don't really know. And I think sometimes they compare, well, I go to work eight hours a day, and I'm fine. I come, I work all day, and then I come here. And so I work harder than you do. It's like I don't think you understand the difference between working on a factory line and, and working with people all yeah. day. I don't know of a counselor um, that works 14 hours a day counseling clients for 14 no, consecutive no appointments. I don't know of a of an artist that goes in the studio and has to create. I don't know of a, you know, and there's so many different hats that a pastor has to wear and it's mandatory at various times throughout a day. Some are very emotionally taxing. Some are very disappointing. Some are very arduous and difficult. And so for someone who builds a car to say, you're not pastoring well, I, I get where they're coming from. I don't think they're evil for saying it, but I think we have to remember as leaders, people that say these things, even even wonderful friends that are on boards, right. they weren't selected because they knew what a pastor's life was. They they were selected because the congregation trusted them. Yeah. And and they there may be a real lapse between the farmer and the pastor. <laughs> there may be a real a real gap between so, the entrepreneur and the pastor. So if I could just say one more thing real quickly about that. The I worked in the corporate world for twenty years, Jim. Yeah. And the difference between being a lead pastor and being in the corporate world is apples and oranges. Yeah. There is no comparison. Yeah. The hardest job I've ever had in my life was being the lead pastor of a local church. Yeah. Hands down, uh, is not even close. Yeah. And we don't have time to really invest to really explore all the reasons why I have that. Yeah. But just from my own personal experience, well, I'll just, say this, John: No one's ever quit selling insurance because it was too hard, so they became a pastor. But right. I know a lot of pastors that quit the ministry because it's too hard, and they started selling insurance. 
no one quits a secular job because it's too hard and then goes into ministry. Right. Right? Have, have you ever seen it? Have you ever heard of it? I don't think so. No. But I, how many people do you know that have quit ministry to go right. work a secular job? That, that should say something about the task. Right. Keep going, alignment-wise. Okay, so the next piece is relational. Uh, we, we said in the last podcast, last episode, that uh, 66% of lead pastors in the United States don't have deep uh, friendships. Wow. And so when they're tempted or they're angry or they're discouraged or they're depressed, the question is who they go to. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to go to their uh, colleagues. Yeah. The leadership fraternity is pretty competitive. And so they tend not to go to their board with this. They, they tend not to go to the congregation because they're concerned, what are they going to do with this information if I share it? Right. So where do they go? And the dilemma for a leader is this, that God has hardwired you for friendship. Right. It's impossible to stay aligned without regular time spent with friends and good friends. And the right. problem is... Our schedule gets in the way, or fear gets in the way. Um, you know, God said it in the very beginning of time, it is not good for the man to be alone. Yeah. And so this relational aspect is so elusive for pastors, especially the lead pastor. Um, and ha- he or she has to work extremely hard at, at making room for good, deep friendships and I'm talking about the kind of friendships, Jim, where people really know you. Right, right. The kind where you say, how you doing? They're, I'm fine. They go, you just lied to me. And yeah. they know the difference, right? The That's tone right. of voice, the demeanor, something's not right. Yep. I have friends that can tell through a text message that I'm not doing well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it was a pretty short answer. You, you doing okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry, in the middle of three things. But yeah, right. I'm, doing, I'm doing good, you know. So you said there's seven. You've given us six. What, what is the last one that, that you think we really need to to be aware of, to hold us in, in just a good, complete, solid alignment. So the seventh one is is good rhythms, healthy mm-hmm. rhythms. Uh, and uh, let me give you really quickly, Jim, uh, four rhythms here. And I know we're kind of uh, running up against our time, but I'll, so I'll go quickly. Uh, first one is a daily rhythm, and mm-hmm. that's simply knowing when to punch out every day. Yeah. You've got to clock Huge. out yeah. at some point every day, and it can't be 10 o'clock at night yeah. every night. Uh, there's a weekly rhythm. And another name for that in Scripture is called the Sabbath. And yeah. it's, it's very interesting to me that God told the Israelites that even during the plowing season and mm-hmm. the planting season, they needed to honor Sabbath. Those are the two busiest times of the year yeah. for a farmer. Yeah. And God said, it doesn't really matter to me how busy you are right. or the season, even the season that you're in, yeah. that daily uh, week off is a reminder. It's a, it's a reset button. It keeps mm-hmm. you grounded. It keeps you humble. It reminds you who's in whose ministry this really is. So that's the second one. A third one is a quarterly rhythm, and that's really simple. Every ninety days, just get out of your zip code. Yeah, <laughs> get away from the house, get away from the church. Yeah, different perspective. You know, go for a yeah. drive somewhere out in the woods. Yeah. Do something that's just totally off uh, off the reservation, so to speak. And then the fourth one is an annual rhythm, and and by that is a vacation, and I mean mm-hmm. a real vacation. Right. I don't mean a vacation where you're reading books on church growth. Uh, you know, a vacation where you're you're uh, catching up on email. Yeah, uh, that's not really that's not a vacation. A vacation. Yeah. Look, um, um, I built the Great Wall of China between work and my vacation. When I go on vacation, my out of office says I have no access to voicemail or email, even if I do have access, because I'm drawing a boundary saying, please do not disrupt me while right. I'm on vacation. Right. Right. And, uh, and so this, this whole uh, 
rhythm piece is so huge, Jim. Uh, it's built into, I think God has built that into our DNA, this need for work yeah. and, and effort and energy expen- expansion. But at the same time, that need to uh, recoil, relax, rest, and, and get yeah. refueled. Yeah. I heard somebody say one time, every time you say yes, you begin the war of a thousand no's. Right. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Like once you said yes to certain things, you, you just, it's mandatory you, in order to stay sane, to stay sober, to stay, you know, focused and, and productive, pruned, I think was the word we used a couple podcasts ago. And yeah. You, you have to, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to all the other things that want that same time. And you try to put three things in the same time. Now you're overwhelmed, you're underproductive, you're unhealthy, you're unaligned. Right. Yeah. Thanks, John. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for all of these seven things. Would you just say them again? What are the seven things all in a row here? here I think people have been taking notes. Okay. Spiritual, medical, psychological, physical, schedule, relational, and rhythms. There it is. So, Jim, the better aligned you are, the healthier you'll yeah. become. And the healthier you become, the more likely it is you're going to reach your God-given potential yeah. and do it without losing your mind right. And, right. And, and staying sane. Um, so again, I'd like to offer to the first 20 people to register today at convergecoach.com slash contact a free 30-minute, no-obligation call with us where we're just going to uh, figure out what's going on in your life and try to give you some good uh, pointers, some good uh, tips to move forward in a healthy, aligned way. Thank you, John. Thank you for your wisdom. Thanks for your offer. Thank you for your heart to help pastors uh, continue to do a great job for the congregations, for the Lord, for the kingdom. And again, if you are enjoying this podcast, please press the, the, the like button or the share button or the pass it on to a friend button because we, we want to help as many people as we can. God bless you. Have a great day and we'll talk again soon. 